Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. We're back in the studio, Rob. Yes. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Has it been almost two months? It has been two months. Yeah, I was uh, looking at my Skype, and the last time I called you on this uh, this Skype line was two months ago. Yeah, so it, <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about it last night, and I was like, i got to back this ca- camera off a little bit. I'm... I'm zoomed way in on my head. <laughs> I think I got the wrong one set up. There we go. Let's try this. Oh, come on. Now, am I moving the wrong? Uh, anyway, I'll have to. There's an easier way to fix this. Put the chair down. You know, actually, we're, we're pretty lucky that the studio actually even works. <laughs> <laughs> Time and dust, right? Right. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. there's definitely dust. You know, so uh, I just I just had to laugh. Um, let me hit something here. So anyway, um, yeah, so we're back. And uh, unfortunately, because of PodFest, it's like one week in the studio, then I'm leaving next Friday to go to Florida <laughs> for meetings. And then you're you're going afterwards. Where? How long are you? You're going to go to Europe, or where are you headed afterwards? Yeah, I'm off to Spain. I'm <laughs> off to Spain after Podfest. Right? Oh. I mean, like I'm flying out of Orlando, going to Spain. Oh so my goodness! That tells you anything? So yeah, so we're going to be out of the pocket for a couple of weeks here again. Y- yeah. So, but we are going to do a live show, I guess, at Podfest, right? right? Right. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm planning on streaming that live on, um, on Spreaker if it's, if I can pull it off. Yeah. yeah. Should, that should be fun. So got a few guests, I guess as well for that. Right. Yep. 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 And Mr. James Cridlin is going to join us. And if I can, uh, drag a few other folks, I guess I'm going to have, uh, up to five microphones on oh, stage. So nice. So we can get a, get a few people together for that. And it's at the same time we do this show. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, you know, it may only be uh, audio folks. I think that's right. the key here, but uh, we'll have a cast of thousands. So again, let's just review. So those of you that are not going to be at PodFest, that will be on Saturday the... I think it's the 9th. The right? 9th, yeah. Saturday the 9th. At the same time, same bad channel. Um at newmediashow.com forward slash live. So you'll be able to catch the show or on the, it'll be on Spreaker Live too. So that'll work. Fantastic. It's not that we have anything to talk about, Rob. It's, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, we have been doing shows. It's just we have. they've been audio only. So it yeah. isn't like we're that far behind. But yeah. So those, yeah. Are, go ahead. So those of you that, always stuff going on. But. Yeah. Those, those of you that missed us, if you think we've been gone, gone. You, you 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 better be subscribed because you missed a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> on the audio side because we've been doing audio shows. So uh, make sure you're subscribed there. Yep. So I tell you the um, this week <laughs> has been an interesting week. It really really has for me anyway. I I flew home on Saturday. Was home 24 hours. Left for Australia on Sunday was down there in Sydney for two full days, like 50 hours on the ground, 22 hours of flying time. I got back on Wednesday morning (laughs) and then I'm in catch up mode all week. So my head has been down just pounding the keyboard to be quite frank with you. And with everything going on in the space, everyone wants to talk. 
It's crazy. Are you, is your phone ringing off the hook? Oh, it's, well, it's the emails and it's the Skype calls and yeah, it's just lots of stuff going on. Yeah. And, uh, reporters calling, asking questions. Why is this? Why is that? And there is, there was an interesting, uh, interesting thing that was noticed by Ed over at the podcast business journal. He noticed on PodTrack's most recent report that they did not put in downloads or listens in their report. So is that a, cause I'm looking at it right now, uh, for January, 2019. And I, I see, yeah, I don't see downloads, but I do see us unique monthly audience. I don't know if that's the same thing or not. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Down below. Yeah. I don't see downloads, but I see audience. I'm not quite sure yeah. if they're translating that to be. Yeah, I don't know. How, you downloads. know, they're using their own secret sauce to come up with audience, but, uh, yeah, he was asking why. Why is that? Why did they change the report? Is it because of the IV certification or what's going on? And I, I may have a hint on why, but I'm not going to say why. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it's all dependent on a on these content publishers having an active prefix, right? Um, that's put against their media file links. Well, for some reason that prefix isn't working correctly or something, um, it can take down the counts. Or maybe right? they're learning something as they're going through their certification process, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It yeah, we're, could we're be. going through this, the uh, probe as well. Right yeah, so now. by the yeah. way, how is your probe going? How is your guys's? Uh, it's, it's, it's getting intense. So <laughs> I'm not really following it that closely, but... But it's. Do you have a timeline? Do you even know how close they are? No. Wow. My guess is, you know, we're probably maybe a little over halfway through it, I think. Oh, see, it it is quite intense, isn't it? Yes. Well, it it causes you to to make adjustments. Right. uh, That you hadn't uh, planned on. Oh, oh, wow, wow. (laughs) Better not say that too loud. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't think that they're any too, too significant. Yeah, I, yeah. It's just more how data is passed around in the back end. You know, we didn't so. have to make any changes, but I tell you one thing that we will, our redirect customers are, um, you know, we've, we've really looked at that really, really close, you know, and comparing, comparing and contrasting. And, right. you know, there is right. missing data in the redirect stuff. And uh, the log file data definitely gets you a little bit, further down the road. Um, and we've known that for many, many years, but you know, that's how we started the whole thing was the, was the redirect. I think, uh, you know, overall I'm pretty pleased where we're at. I, you know, podcasters are never happy with their numbers, but yeah. Well, one other um, change that has been, and I don't know where you guys are on this path, but Spotify is now a pass through platform for us. Oh, so you guys did turn it on. Right. Yeah, right. we haven't turned it on yet. We've had bigger fish to fry. I hate to say it, but um, how's that going? It's going fine. It's going fine. It's just a matter of turning off the stats API coming back from that. Oh, so, no, you shouldn't turn that off. You should do some A-B comparison and look at that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they've done that. I'm oh, just, okay, good. Uh, saying that, that that's now been turned off. So how is that? Uh, what are you seeing? What are you seeing in numbers? Are you seeing, can you say? 
Well, I mean, it's still a little early to to draw too much conclusion to it, but uh, Spotify is taking a big chunk of data. Wow! Uh, you know, it's a uh, it's it's a little bit more than we thought. Wow! I mean, so, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's there's an interesting disclosure, folks. So Spotify's taking a yeah. little more than you expected. Right. Right. Wow. So, but you know, it's. I think it's indicative of what's happening over there. They also don't yet have all of our podcasts. So, oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah for us so, too. So we shall see on all that, um, how it, how it works out, but, but they appear to be making some significant inroads. I'd say it's the strongest, you know, play second place play in the plat in the podcasting space since Zoom actually. I, I, so. I don't think it's 8.5 though. Rob was saying it was Rob Walsh was saying they, they were seeing up to 8.5. I'm, I'm hesitant to go with that type of number, but though I would say that it depends on the makeup of your content too. I Probably mean, the show, it, right? Right. I mean, it's. I think Spotify has a very uh, specific kind of user demographic, and I think that can be mapped to certain shows as strengths. Like this show, I I, I would think doesn't do very well on Spotify. Yeah, I would. I would think not. <laughs> But, so, you know, in the speaker live show, I don't think does very well on Spotify, but, but a comedy show or, or, a you know, a show that's you know, like a storytelling podcast or something like that would probably do pretty well over yeah. there. And want to yeah. say hello to Rick and Eileen in the chat room. There's some other folks that are being, uh, hiding out. Uh, please, uh, say hello. If you're, uh, if you're in the, if you're watching live, make sure you say hello in the chat. So I think though that, um, the big question or the big uh, surprise, we had been given some more information about the acquisition. And I know we talked this to death already, but the number continues to go up on the anchor and uh, right up around $100 million or more. Right. That's, yeah, I've heard some say 175. I've heard some say 125. I mean, it's yeah, all over the one, map. 120, right. 123 is the number that keeps popping in my inbox. Right. right. So between 100 and 125, I think is probably fairly accurate. Yeah. That seems like a lot though. They got took to the cleaners, Rob. (laughs) If they, if they paid $125 million for that. I know. They got took my opinion in my opinion, Spotify. Wow. You guys. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You know, I, Hey, okay. It's, you know, 50 was already big. But if it right. was truly 125 or 123, you know, that was one heck of a marketing deck. Um, it <laughs> it's truly was. And, you know, what? but, you know, then, uh, okay, I'm not going to begrudge them. Congratulations. But uh, they're not going to make no money on that. Yeah. So... I think it's a big, much bigger play than podcasting. And I've been saying that for a while. I think, I think Spotify has ambitions to get, uh, you know, a market built around their platform. That's similar to, uh, to some of their competitors, right. uh, like a Netflix or HBO or some of those folks. I mean, I think that they want to have a subscription engine that has a lot of value packed into it. Yeah. And, you know, and Amazon has that with their prime program. Um, so, I mean, I think that they, they want to get involved in that market more and they saw what was happening with Gimlet as a, as almost like a Hollywood studio. 
Um, but what's interesting that, is, and I didn't realize this, Rob said that only 18 of the Gimlet shows put out new episodes in 2018. And, I, and I, when Rob said that, I was like, whoa, what? What? How, how is that possible that they only had 18 shows that put out new episodes? So um, that surprised me. It really did. Hey, Greg, uh, in a chat room, thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, hey, we're going to be looking at each other. We're right across from each other at PodFest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But this, yeah. So, yeah, I'm in booth uh, 309. So, so yeah, you're close then. We can, we can, we can throw uh, ping pong balls at each other. So I'll have to bring my, my Nerf gun with me. <laughs> I think we're in the podcast hosting alley is what we are. That's the whole, uh, everyone's kind of congregated together, but I heard those right. booths are only eight feet wide. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Well, McKenzie, well, McKenzie said it was 10 by eight. I said, well, I hope the eight is the, is the depth. <laughs> right. So uh, we're taking both banners just in case. Okay, we get eight foot banner and ten foot banner. So we'll. <laughs> so if you know if someone knows if it's actually ten feet wide, that that would probably be good for all of us to know. We can show up with ten foot wide booths. But the schedule is out for Podfest, and <laughs> yeah, but did they put it on their website? Or no, they it? just posted on their Facebook page and um, a tentative tentative schedule. And uh, it's on the, on her, you know, I'm trying to plan meetings and stuff, and the in the speaking schedule is still kind of like hanging, and um, it's only thirty minutes, Rob. We only get thirty minutes. But there's twenty minutes on each side of it. Why? Right? Why is there twenty minutes on each side of a session? I guess I don't know for people to mingle and go between sessions. I don't know. That's I, the only I, thing I can think of. And I'm looking at my deck, and I'm like, delete. Delete, delete. I'm having to delete slides because there's no way. It's unheard of. Thirty minutes for a presentation at a convention. You, it's norm. Forty's the norm, right? You know. So to be cut ten minutes is, and then try to take questions in the same amount of time. Well, uh, I think that uh, we're just going to have to take forty, Todd, <laughs> because there's twenty minutes between the end of our. Well, actually, at the end of our panel, there's nobody. There, there's nothing happening. So I think we, we could go longer know, an hour if we wanted. Yeah. But I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to fit what I've got to say in 30 minutes. You talk know, it's, fast, it's, it's, it's going to be like right as soon as the top of the hour, I'm going to have to start. There's going to be no way that I cannot usually give people two or three minutes to get in the room. Right. There's going to be no way, you know, that that's six yeah. or seven slides. <laughs> If you're going to dilly-dally, you're going to miss stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got a lot to get through. So, uh, and I hate talking fast because then you miss stuff, you know? Yeah. But I'm going to do a practice run-through um, probably Tuesday and just time myself and see where I'm at. But it's it's tough, yeah. Anyway, I, I jumped this over completely to a different topic. I'm sorry. but It's okay. Um uh, Nick, was it on March 6th is when, uh, Tom Webster is coming out with the new share of ear mm. presentation. And that's going to be when we're in, we're at PodFest. So. Oh, it uh, is going to be popping right then, isn't it? Right. So that's coming up. I, I was talking to Tom yesterday a little bit and 
and he may join me on the Spreaker Live show next week. So we'll see on okay. that if it's going to happen. But but it's he's not going to talk about that research yet because yeah. he's saving it for the big reveal. <laughs> um, but that's you know that's going to be bubbling up. Um, there's some new research coming out of you know and leading into 2019. Yeah. So so maybe we'll see a big jump in and audience and content and all sorts of stuff that's going to come out of that. Well, um, you know, just kind of, we talked about it a little bit, um, on the previous shows, but, uh, our, our meetings in New York, have uh, born, well, it's been very interesting <laughs> and we're on like round three with some people and it, uh, there's a lot, a lot of, uh, concern on the client side and um, here's what I'm hearing if you are not on a certified system um, mm -hmm. money is going to start drying up uh, right. from uh, from orders from insertion orders um, yeah I've been hearing that for a couple months now they've been like you know wanting to only work with um, certified yeah platforms. And so, you know, I know you, everyone's going through the, you know, there's a bunch of people going through the process and I'm, maybe right. people are getting a little bit of a pass because they're in, in work, but there's a whole bunch of players out there that are not. Right. And, uh, if the insertion order actually says you shall use a certified podcast metric system, then that is really going to, um, you know, going to cause some panic in the space. Um, but I, I think that it's, you know, from everyone we're talking to and the conversations we're having, I, I would not be surprised to start seeing that coming down on an insertion orders. So time will tell. Yeah, I would think we'd probably be mostly fully cut over. I would think by the end of the year, I would think. Too. Yeah. But there's how many players out there that won't be, right? you know, and, um, uh, that, uh, and that could, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it'll be interesting to watch uh, what happens here. But there's more happening, you know, in the space. The more we talk to people, you know, they, it's, it's, we're at a point where things have to go a little bit beyond uh, the metrics and some attribution type of uh, um, information is, needs to be start to be collected as well. So it's going to be, um, I think there's big change coming to uh, to podcast advertising. We we're really, um, at least internally, and I is going. We're super super focused on the uh, on the data, and um, uh, I'm throttling back. And we're actually looking for uh, starting to look for someone that can uh, can sell our inventory. Um, I, I want to be um, move that to a third party. Uh, completely by the by the end of the year and um it's just one of those things that uh were um you you do what you're best at right and right. uh and we're definitely going to be looking at making some changes there but it's definitely an interesting time because um because what happens is is what what we're seeing is that there's a lot of people that are the executors of advertising deals and they are also the measurement people of the deals and um and you know for example podtrack tried to split their thing they have two companies now but it's really the same team 
in principle, yeah, maybe you got one person that's so if if those two items are in house, it, it's 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 a little bit of a challenge, um, and it's becoming people are becoming more aware of it. So um, it, that doesn't happen in digital in, in right. any of the other stuff. There's always separate measurement groups from those that execute the advertising campaigns. So. Um, as a, as a space matures, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that become a requirement too. Right. Right. Yeah. I did see, uh, an article in Digiday talking about the five things we learned at the winter podcast upfronts article that mm-hmm. came out and it was, um, it had some, some, some comments in here. I mean, the article was really focused on, I guess on February 20th, there, there was a, uh, it's called the winter podcast upfronts down yep. in Beverly Hills I, and, I, and with the UTA group. It's basically a talent agency down I in Beverly even, Hills. Didn't even know that was going on. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really focused on kind of like c- comedians and Hollywood celebrities, that kind of stuff sure. that are involved in podcasting. But one of the comments in here in the article that I thought was r- r- really interesting is, uh, it made this comment about how it, everyone has a podcast now. Um, but a lot of the ad buyers are struggling to navigate yeah. all the available podcasts yep. um, to find the ones that they want to buy. Right. right? Um, and and there's like these top 10 lists of shows that are out there. But as we both know, some of those top 200 <laughs> lists, whatever, don't really mean anything. They don't mean nothing. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I think that's probably an interesting question that I hadn't thought about was, um, how do these ad buyers identify shows? Now, granted, they're probably fairly dependent on the ad sellers, right. To be pitching them shows. Right. So that's pretty much how they find shows, but it sounds like they have a, a need or desire to find shows on their own. Well, yeah. th- there's not enough inventory and right. yet there's enough inventory and the inventory right. that's out there. They want to cherry pick. And they want to buy into single shows and things like that, mm-hmm. which I think the industry needs to move towards um, bundle buying. Um, well, more. I... <laughs> yeah, I know you've been doing that for years. I know, but 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 I think these ad buyers have been too focused on buying into individual shows based on specific talent, right? Um, and and buying into demographics and this is where the data comes back to right yeah uh we need to be able to provide them with data to help them reach their target audience across larger numbers of shows um and i feel like i'm preaching the the same thing we've been saying for the last 10 years but you know it appears to be still an issue it is an issue and it's because the buyers are having a hard time getting (laughs) And this is, you know, uh, part of my battle is that making them understand, you know, it's, it's real simple. If you, if you can just like take and put all the presentations away and say to a person, all right, you're going to buy 10 shows. You're going to get four spots a month. So that's 40 spots. Okay. You're going to get 40 ad spots. It's going to cost you this much money. But right. if you have, if you have a hundred shows, that's giving you four spots a month. It's 400 spots and it's going to cost you this amount of money. And usually it could be, the money could almost be the same. And yet you get 400, 400 exposures instead of 40. And 
when they start thinking about that, and it's just like any other advertising space, the repetition is important. Um, Probably more than ever. Right. People's attentions are split. You know, I think in the early days, what was the, the average, average impression before customer action on any kind of marketing or advertising? Like four to five or something. Right. Exactly. I thought it was like maybe five to six. Yeah. Um, but now I've heard that it's as high as 14. Well, uh, and if you, and times if you, that people have to hear something before they remember it. Right. And, and, if, and, and if you think about the, the digital world we live in, we're getting hammered, you know, right. with ads. And then you've got shows now, some of the big shows, they're running two pre-rolls, three mid-rolls, two post-rolls. You know, they're running seven ads in a 45-minute program. Right. You know, and I'm just like, really? So, you know, the shows that are getting inventory, getting a lot of inventory. But, right. you know, at some point, if the space is going to grow, these buyers are going to, and this is what, you know, some of the, my job has been is to make these buyers say, listen, <laughs> you've got thousands of shows that are, you know, would, you know, and some of them, let's be frank, it's in, in, we have to be careful here because, you know, the podcaster is that if you're, if you're an individual podcaster and you have a, a thousand people that are downloading your show or a thousand downloads, you know, do you want advertising at a thousand downloads at a $25 CPM and you're going to make $25 an episode? Yeah, maybe if you're doing four, that's a hundred bucks a month. That's dinner. You know, that's a nice dinner out, uh, in most right. cities. And then, um, or pays for your hosting and pays for, you know, maybe some train, you know, um, you know, an app or whatever your, you know, whatever your expenses are. But right. if you have a hundred listeners, a hundred downloads, no, it doesn't make any sense. And, um, you're working for, no, it does. No, it actually makes sense, Todd. But if you know what I mean, it makes pennies. Touche. 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 <laughs> yes, it makes pennies. So, you know, anyone that's listening to this show knows this, but we have this whole new class of content creators. And, in, and that's a whole line of discussion I want to talk about too. But so I'm, go, you know, Rob's trying to make the point. You're trying to make the point. I'm trying to make the point. We're going into these forums and we're saying, listen, hold up, hold up, hold up. Do you want to work for seven cents an hour? <laughs> you know, well, well, there's kind of two ways of looking at it, Todd. So, you know, I think you have to start somewhere. Oh, one, I, I, one, I, one point. And okay. then the, 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 there is a factor of conditioning your audience to be accepting of of endorsements as well. Okay. Right? But you can do that right. when you have 100 listeners. By <laughs> How did I do that? Hey, folks, I'm just telling you straight up. The main goal of this show is we. I am looking for an advertiser. <laughs> Right. That's what I did in 2004. You know, when I started my right. show, right. you know, after and it's okay if it comes from my audience and my you wife, know, you know, my wife had put the thumb on me and said, this thing's got to make money in two years, right. you know? Right. So I understand, but at the same point, expectations are, and then you have people out there saying, well, you can make $300 an episode with a hundred people. <laughs> yeah. If you're reaching and very niche, yeah, very you're valid. selling the show, not the audience. <laughs> right, right. right yeah. You know, and uh, 
and then I, you know, I heard someone say, Hey, uh, I want to have someone invest in my show and, 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 you know, be a backer. And those are all great things. But in the end, and I'm going to be, this isn't a, you come to my session in PodFest. This is what I'm going to be talking about. In the end, the advertisers got to make money, right? you know, and uh, they, you want them to come back and renew. So I'm just, cons- you know, so there's plenty, there's thousands, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of shows that have a thousand plus listeners per episode. There's just right. tens of thousands of them. Oh yeah. And um, if we could monetize all those, those, those would be great. Um, but do we want five ads, seven ads in them? No, I think you want one, maybe two in most well, that's, shows. That's where getting CPMs up higher um, is the only way it's going to work. Well, CPMs so. aren't going to go up much higher. We've already set the baselines. We have to fight to hold the CPM line. You know, yeah, but it, I mean, is it a creative challenge? Um, uh, I mean, I think that's that's somewhat the questions that are being asked. I, I know I did an episode this week on the Speaker Live show with Francesco from, from BoxNest, and that's what we were talking about is how, you know, that – Dynamic ad insertion has got a little bit of a black eye out there because it's been linked up with programmatic. Sure. And programmatic's been linked up with radio ads. Yeah. And so you get this kind of this daisy chain of negativity about that. Yeah. Uh, but but unfortunately, the technology is not the problem, right? The It's the creative is the problem. Yeah. So, I mean, if the creative is more conducive to podcasting, then the technology becomes an asset. But what's happening right now, it's being thought of as the opposite, right? People aren't thinking about the creative as much. They're, they're just saying, well, the creative is bad, so the technology must be bad. Well, the, so, and oftentimes know, think, the creative is bad because, again, this is stuff I'm going to be talking about at PodFest, right. is that <laughs> it, the, the creative is bad because the podcaster's lazy. Lazy. And well, you, the brands, it's the brand advertisers. Well, okay, the brand advertisers, they don't know any better. I know, but that's the key is they they need to realize that podcasts are a different listening experience than but, radio. So that's where our, our job is as content creators. If, right. we, if we're getting that deal, you know, we need to look at that copy that they provide and say, okay, how can I juice this up? You know, what, well, what talk about host reads, I agree with you. I think that's what I'm talking about is that any, any advertising that goes into the podcasting space needs to be more done like a host read. It doesn't have to be done by the host, but it, it needs to be produced like a live read. And we need to be concerned about how we match, um, talent, you know, voiceover talent to produce those right. that match the cadence and the, um, the environment of the show itself. And I know this is a little bit of a, a challenge and I know a lot of people are really kind of concerned about how do we scale, uh, more authentic reads into podcasts, uh, across larger numbers of shows. Well, there's, there's definitely a, a, there's definitely a business model there for someone that can do that well. Right. And I think that's the future of this medium. But you know, uh-huh. there's, there's companies in the digi- in, in the space that do that. They're, they're creative agencies. That's all they do is create the ads. Right. You know, there's no one in the podcasting space that's dedicated to doing that. You know, because right. it's all done there's in-house. There's thousands of voiceover artists out there with all sorts of different cadences and voices and, and male and female that can be matched up with a particular show. 
but but why? But but what? why the host? The host. The success has been found in the host doing this. Right. I mean, if the host can do it, great. Right. You know. And but it does get back to brand control too. So brands may well. want to want to identify certain voiceover <laughs> artists to work with certain. Yeah, shows, yeah. Right? podcasters can be their own worst enemy sometimes when it comes to running right. ads. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. a lot of podcasters aren't really very good at doing ads. No, and I hope to help them. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it's not like you're born with this ability to do a good. No, host. everyone's a born salesman. Come on now. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Wishful thinking entirely. Yes. Well, part of it also has to do with, um, well, you know, it's, it's about being genuine too, you know, how, you know, let's be frank that, what is that food service one? That's all, all up there. The fresh, what is it called? Uh, where you make, make a meal or something. Yeah. Blue apron, those kind of guys. Right. I I could never, I couldn't personally, I'm not against the company, but personally I could never do that ad. Because they, they say, oh, it's, a, it's an experience. You open it up. You check the ingredients. You know, you, you do this as a, you know, as a, as a thing with your, with your spouse or your girlfriend or your kids. And you make dinner in 30 minutes. I'm yeah, yelling like, at the top of my lungs, get in the shower. <laughs> do your uh, homework. You're not your target audience. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Most people are not, you know. So yeah. for me to do that, it'd be like, yeah, you, you can... <laughs> It just wouldn't come across right, you know. But if right. you are, if you're into that, that's like, what? Oh, let's do this. Let's go, lovey dovey dovey, you know. And then, yeah, okay, it's it's a good thing, but uh, <laughs> not me. No, I've I've never bought one of those, but I did bring one home one time back when I was working for Podcast One. Yeah, because they, you know, I I think it was Blue Apron that sent us a bunch of free ones, right? Right. And they were just sitting around the office. <laughs> saying aren't they supposed to be refrigerated well yeah that's that's exactly we didn't have a refrigerator in the office so somebody had to take one home so you know but i but i was i was approached the other day by a company that has a tech product i'm like oh let me let me check it out you know i'm you know i'm looking at it i'm like yeah let me use this for a couple weeks and i'll let you know if i'm you know because if i'm going to promote it to my audience I better be like, yeah, this is cool. And here's the reason why, you know? Yeah. So anyway, I, I think the ad space in the podcasting world is, is going to have some adjustments and there's going to be winners and losers. And, um, but the, the, the long-term standing issues with the advertisers or with media buyers, ignoring the 95 or 97 or 99 percent i think that's a better way to say it ignoring the 99 percent has to something has to give yeah i agreed yeah there needs to be some improvement i think is what it is it's not like the podcast advertising space is broken no or no 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 it's it's more that it just needs to get better and and we need to tap into more podcasts because that's where the inventory is. If right, we're going right. to hit a billion dollars, we got to we got to sell it all. How the heck are we going to get there? <laughs> how the heck are we going to get there with the, right, you know? right? And maybe that's what in the back of 
people's mind they're worried about, you know, I think, though, you know, for the average, you know, we're sitting here talking about all this as if everyone wants advertising and we know right. every, everyone doesn't. That's true. It would be an interesting poll to take on someone that's been podcasting for, let's just say, six months or more and have gotten kind of through the, wow, you know, now they're in the grind of building their show. We should do a, it'd be nice to do a poll of someone that's been podcasting for six months and ask them how important, how important is advertising to them if they have a podcast that will support it audience wise. I wonder what that well, number would bigger, be. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a bigger question, though. <clears throat> How many people uh, want to make money from their podcast? Yeah. I, you know, and I think that's a, that's a question that hasn't been asked, right? Yeah. Whether they get it from donations, advertising, whatever, is that, I mean, I think we can probably um, say pretty pretty confidently that a large percentage of podcasters would like to make money from yeah. their podcast, right? I think right? so. And the, but the question gets back to is how. Well, and not only how, but is there realistic expectations on what they're going to make? Right. You know, if, if they're saying, I've got 5,000 people listening to my show per episode, and I'm doing four episodes a month, and that's 20,000 downloads a month, you know, am I going to be satisfied with a $500 check from that? You know, or, or whatever that number may be. Um. Yeah. And it, it probably won't be 500 because after the split, after you do your revenue share with your partner, some are 50-50, some are 70-30. Um, so, you know, if it's 50-50, then that check becomes 250. And that's what right. people also, you know, that's another little thing people forget is, hey, I've got, a, I've got an advertising deal for you that's a, a $25 CPM. But if you're doing a 50-50 rev share, if they haven't said that that's the net to you, um, then more than likely, you know, there's uh, there's money coming out of that. So, right. So, Todd, what are you hearing about Google Podcasts? I'm hearing kind of conflicting things. I I heard last week that there was some rumor flying around that uh, Google Podcasts had disappeared from um, Android Auto, which I thought was an interesting little piece of news. But yet, I keep hearing that you know Google still you know going to change the world when it comes to podcasting, but I'm, I don't know that I'm seeing that crickets. Yeah. It's really been crickets over there for me. I haven't heard nothing. Of course, I haven't specifically reached out to any of those folks either. Well, I know Zach is speaking at the, the rain podcast business summit. Yeah. We'll have somebody up, there uh, for that. So coming up on March 5th and I can't be there because I'm going to be in Orlando. So, you know, our, our team up in New York is going to be at that event. Um, but yeah. Yeah. If, our, so, if everything goes away, I think it should. My representative may need to wear a bulletproof vest to that event. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Zach is keynoting that, right. that that event. You know, the guy that's the program manager for Google Podcasts. He's going to be there. Uh, I thought it was interesting. That's one of the one of the few events that I've seen him. Well, attend. We'll, we'll have to see what they they have to say, <laughs> or he has to say. Yeah, I was. I mean, why would they have removed Google Podcasts from Android Auto? I wonder. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Are they reworking it? I don't know. 
Yeah, I it's don't. not like they. It's not like they pulled out uh, Google Play podcasts. I don't have. I don't Auto. have. I don't have Android <laughs> Auto, so I can't tell you why it would not work. It just seems a little odd to me. It it does seem a little odd. And it was it associated with an update, or was this just somebody saying it's missing? I I guess it was a group of uh, Reddit users off of Reddit. Oh, uh, that, that noticed it. And then also, I, I think James Cridlin actually piped in about it too. But um, well, if, yeah. if they've if they've removed it, it's not a good sign. No, it's not. Of course, I'm not sure how popular Android Auto is either. But. Well, if you think about it, though, most people are just using their Bluetooth connected to their car anyway. Most folks don't, unless you've got a brand new vehicle. I know I don't I don't change vehicles. I'm, I'm you know I drive until the wheels fall off. So well, literally I got two hundred thirteen thousand out of my current one. So you know, last car I had it went three sixty seven. So yeah, it, I've got a car that has two hundred on it. Yeah, yeah. So you know, but some people change cars like they change underwear. So you know, I I just don't have a vehicle with the uh, you know all that modern cool stuff in it. When I go to Michigan, I'll probably buy a vehicle that has one of those cool things in it. Yeah, yeah. So th- there's uh, one company that I thought was interesting that uh, popped in the, the the news a little bit. The Cadence Thirteen folks we don't talk about very often. <laughs> you know what's funny is those list. You know how those lists are generated, right? Uh, I don't know about this particular one, but uh, it's probably a pay-to-play thing. Uh, I would be shocked if it isn't. So, but maybe it isn't. I don't know. Uh, you get those, you know, I, I get those solicitations all the time. Submit for this list. And I just delete. <laughs> <laughs> Submit for this list. So it's only, it's only $499. Right. Yeah. We got, we, we have a special spotlight thing for you. We want to talk about your company. We'll bring in an, a filming crew. The whole night. It's only $25,000. Right. You know, so I, I don't know. I I don't take a lot of stock. Congratulations to them for some good press, you know, but uh, where have they been? You know, I haven't heard too much about them either. Right. Can you tell me what they're doing in the space right now? Oh, me? Yeah. Yeah, they they have a couple of studios, um, one in New York and one in L.A., where they are working with, content creators to produce programs they're kind of like a like a podcast one or something like that they're kind of like a network but there's uh, nothing thing. that really like you know explosively gets out there and is wow you know so uh, it's cool um it's a group of uh, former radio folks that are behind that and then there was a piece in podcast business journal that talked about uh are you ready to merge with radio? And I just, I, oh, come on. We're not, not no. <laughs> um, it, I'm just kind of, when I see that, I'm kind of like, all right, maybe some networks will get bought up by radio, but I, I don't think very many people are going to be merging with radio. Well, I think it's, I mean, if you look at the history, it's been uh, radio networks buying podcast companies. Right. So I don't know that it's going the other way. I don't see podcasting companies acquiring radio networks. No. So, uh, you know, it's definitely a one one directional thing. You know, radio is, 
just one big advertisement to me. And that's why I don't hardly listen to radio. But, you know, some podcasts are just becoming one big advertisement, too. So. So was that uh, article? Oh, was that the Kim Commando thing? No, that was the no. Dan Dan Grager ad week. Um, oh, OK, says. And I don't know who, who wrote this. Oh, it's written by Podcast Business Journal. It's written by their team. Oh, okay. And um, Ranger says, on the heels of the iHeart purchase of How Stuff Works, more radio companies will continue to take over podcast content companies and will result in radio starting look and sound a little bit more like podcasting. And over time, podcasts are going to look and sound a lot more like radio. As a result, Grainer writes, podcasting shouldn't necessarily be the highlight of a marketing strategy. <laughs> okay. Wow. And he's, this is a guy, the, the wrote this is from Adweek. Right. And uh, so there's only so many content companies out there. So they, if you're in radio, you better get busy. <laughs> if you're going to start buying content companies, there's not that, there's only, a, you know, there's, you know, maybe 20. So hurry up. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, it's the whole thing of, you know, I think radio would has wanted to, you know, call podcasting its own for, for a long time. Um, and to just make podcasting basically their next generation radio. Um, I think, but that's not the reality though. The, The reality is, is that podcasting is a unique medium of its, you know, you know, basically in of itself, it's not, um, an offshoot really of radio. It's so different that, um, and that's why we're seeing what happened is radio is acquiring podcasting, um, because they want to pull what's unique about podcasting into their radio groups because they're having a hard time creating that. So what did you internally, right? Yeah. So what did you think of Rob Walsh's comments that the, the act by Spotify was a big nothing he played it up as a big nothing on the feed. Oh, you mean the acquisition of, yeah. of uh, Anchor and, yeah. and Gimlet? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think if you think about it, um, I think time will tell what happens with that. But um, like I keep saying, I don't, I don't think that acquisition was all about podcasting. Um, so I think podcasting is just one of their strategies going forward to better compete against their competitors and grow larger. I think it was definitely a shot across the bow of Pandora. Oh, Um, definitely. You know, so, I mean, you think about those guys and where they are in, in relation to what's happening with Spotify and, and anchor and, and Gimlin, you can kind of see they're light years behind. Right. And you can kind of see where that, um, that acquisition was really a competitive play um, to differentiate themselves and to expand their subscription business, I think. so. I, I keep being asked by podcasters, what do you think about the Pandora agreement? And I, and I have to respond, I know nothing about the Pandora agreement. Right. What, what Pandora agreement? <laughs> right. I say, I know nothing about it. Well, and then they, on the slide, well, what do you know about, what do you think? Wink, wink, wink. I say, I know nothing about the Pandora agreement. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is, there is quite a bit of truth to that statement. So, yeah, right. (laughs) So, 
Yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, but it's, uh, so as more podcasters get that and someone, it's someone somewhere at some point, someone's gonna, gonna, well, let's just put it this way. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think what will happen over time is maybe there will have to be, maybe Pandora's going to have to reassess what's happening in the space and how their approach to adding shows. Uh, maybe wow. they're going to have to speed the, speed it up a little bit. I think uh, some others, um, I think are, are either doing it or they are probably considering doing it. I thought it was interesting that there was a link shared around um, over the last couple of days. I, I'm sure you saw it, Todd, that Apple now has a web player. Yeah. Which yep. I thought I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. And there's another player that's getting into the podcasting space that wants podcasting on their platform. It uh, is is uh, seeing uh, gold in their hills, and that's Radio.com. They're looking. Yeah, at- I I didn't sign any NDA with those guys. So. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so and who Radio.com is, if you don't know, is basically it's owned and run by the the second largest radio group, um, uh, behind, um, iHeart. Yeah. So the intercom, the intercom um, folks. folks. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're looking to add shows in a big way to their platform. And right. So just another, and, be a good, another distribution point for podcasters. Right. And they're talking with everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Talking so, with us, you, you know, yep. all of the, all of the suppliers of the content, right? But it's you know there's could be some potential there, some good potential for podcasters too. So I think that uh, um, they're bringing unique offering to the table that right out the get out of the gate, I think some podcasters will look favorably upon. So we'll see what what happens with uh, you know we're still talking with their team and trying to figure out the logistics. Right. I, I'm not well. I would rather see podcasters submit themselves over there by them, you know, independently, but we'll see right. how that goes. Yeah. The other group that's yet to kind of make a play here is the Cumulus folks. Um, so we'll see. They're the third largest. Yeah. So, so we'll see if the Cumulus, but Cumulus does own Westwood One, which has had a pretty strong podcasting, um, you know, area. Right. It's a separate, it's kind of a separate division of the company. Yeah. They've had a pretty strong play. They've been sponsoring it, you know, podcast movement and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. They're, yeah. Uh, most of their stuff they're doing in podcasting is out of the West Coast. And, right. um, down in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. So they've had some, they've got some new people on their team. And, um, we'll see what happens with that group. I, <clears throat> I would expect some movement there as well. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, so, you know, radio is looking at this. So maybe that article is right. Maybe it's the merging, but I, I think, you know, I'm hoping what will happen is that, uh, podcasters will start getting picked up for syndication on radio while radio is still alive, which is going to be for a considerable amount of time. Yeah. And if that happens, if we have some stars born into radio, that would be fantastic. I think that would be, you know, that would be good. But how do they keep the, you know, how do you stay to 13 minute uh, segments as a podcaster? That's challenging. Right. And breaking it's for a, commercials and. It, it, it's a different format. But I guess as we move more towards this kind of 
dynamic ad insertion type of um, advertising model, we are kind of heading back to a little bit closer to our radio model. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's it's definitely not going to be as restrictive as radio. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, it depends on how it's, if it's delivered over the airways, that format's going to continue. Right. They, they, they got to pay the transmitter. They actually have a transmitter they got to pay for. <laughs> and who knows, radio might benefit from taking on some of the, the um, personalized aspects of podcasting and move away from this scream in your ear kind of yeah. advertising and content that they do. Well, the, you know, if you look at radio, radio is really broke down in, in the way I look at it, two, two segments, music and talk. And the talk is heavily dominated by the Rush, Hannity, uh, uh, right, right. all those types. And they're, they're on three hours a day, three hours. So you got Rush on for three hours. You got Hannity on for three hours. You've got all these, all these radio talking heads that are taking up huge segments of time five days a week right and to do three hours rob my god can you imagine having to do three hours of radio every day you need a team you can't do that on your own right and most podcasters can't do that well they have to be paid you know and they just don't have the ability to do it either right these are very specialized skills that these guys have. So the, able to do this. so podcasters don't fit cleanly into the traditional talk radio space. No, not at all. You know, so how do you shoehorn them in? You know, if if you do it all, you know, our suggestion to radio stations from you know from the get go has been you put them as supplemental content on your website. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah. But I do say, I mean, I do think that. You know, the audiences for those shows, Todd, are older audiences. They're, you know, it's the same thing that's happening on NPR. You know, the a lot of that radio distribution that they have is literally dying off. Well, according to radio, that's not the case. They won't, they'll, they'll never say that. Oh, we're getting new listeners every day. You know, well, that's, it, that's if, the story they're telling. If they're going to do that, they're going to have to adopt more talent that comes out of places like podcasting, right? Because that's that's the future of content. It's not the Sean Hannity's of the world. That's not the future of audio talk well, content. We already know the millennials are not listening to radio, right? And that's that's my entire point. Is it is it the, and, and they're not listening to Sean Hannity? No. No, on on the radio, which is it's a generational shift that's happening here. It'd be curious it's, to sure, see. It's It'd be taking a long time. I'd like shift. to see some data on that. That'd be cool. You right. know, that'd be cool to see some data on that. What do they think that their 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 audience is getting older? Right. You know, my mom, uh, she uh, semi retired from her. Well, she was a produce broker and um, had a basically a very dynamic business uh, delivery was involved. Then she uh, stepped away from that at the end of this year. And my sister owns um, some laundromats and uh, they do wash folds. So my mom, uh, my sister asked my mom to, you know, my mom just sitting around the house and oh. bored and um, very, she's still very active and social and, you know, it's unhealthy to not be, you know, not to be social and inactive. So, um, 
so my sister asked her if she wanted to work at the laundromat and they've got a TV in there and um, we don't watch as a family. We don't watch a lot of regular TV, you know, um, but my mom had put on one of the news channels and uh, she said to me on the phone the other day, she said, I had to turn that shit off. <laughs> right. She said, didn't matter what channel. She said, I felt myself getting angry every day, angry because it was again and again and again, the same stuff, an unhealthy dialogue of this blast of vitriol that was coming across. And she said, I couldn't handle it. She said, I put it on the cooking channel or, or something else. So I think what we have today is podcasting is a, if, if you're not duplicate, if you're duplicating, um, some of those news events and bringing that type of stuff into your show, I think it's a bad thing for podcasts. So I, for me, podcasts are like this, um, breath of fresh air. Yeah. I don't have to listen to this talking head who is reporters are not reporters no more. They're just a bunch of biased assholes. And so, Every one of them, every channel, doesn't matter who you listen to. They're all, they're, they all have their agendas and it's just an entertainment show. It's not news. So when I listen to, um, podcast and I'm hearing, you know, I listen to a lot of shows and I'm hearing, you know, great commentary and not about good things and good ideas and how to help yourself and how to grow your business and how to be a better person and, and all this stuff, it's, man, it's like, and right. it's, it's almost like, and, and she, actually, That's what it is. Yeah, and, and she actually yeah. said to me, she says, if I had to listen, if, she says, she said, some people ask for me to put the news on and I will while they're there and I'll turn it off. I'll switch it off. She said, but if I had to listen to that every day, she said, I'd need, I'd need a shrink within a month. <laughs> you know, so I think from the point of view, from a podcasting content standpoint, I think we have to be remember that this is what makes podcasting content so incredible. All right. We can escape the crap that's being shoved down our throats day in and day out. By an agendized media right and left, and actually be able to get some some fresh air, <laughs> right? And and talk about other topics because it can be completely all encompassing. Needs, the, needless the to say, news. yeah. Right. Needless to say, don't subscribe to any political podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are some good ones out there too that can help people you know, look at things more rationally, but yeah. Well, okay. Depends. Again, everyone has, e depends on what side of your fence. Podcasters on, right? have, uh, we're allowed to have agendas, <laughs> right? We're not in this constraint. Of course, reporters are no longer really reporters. So I guess maybe they just do what they want to do. They're more like podcasters today than they are like news reporters, you know? So, right. <laughs> but I, I'm just, thankful that there's a medium that I can get into escape to where, um, I'm not being, uh, radicalized, <laughs> right. I guess is the better word for it. Right. And, right. um, 
So I think podcasting is we start selling it as a healthy space to to listen and get educated and get information. And um, as, as a podcaster, though, I think, too, you have to be, and I try to be real careful on my tech show to be an op- equal opportunity basher. <laughs> You know, because if you are, if you let your, if you let your political preferences show through, you're going to lose half your audiences. So you have to be able to, um, if you're talking about a something that has a political overture, you have to be willing to bash both ways. And um, I, I think on the tech side, I'm pretty safe. I don't have to run into too many political contents. But you know, there's stuff that comes up for the FCC or FAA that right. I talk about and. Um, so I don't know. It's just a, I think podcasts are, are breath of fresh air. Right. And I think that's a lot of reason why we're seeing more young people gravitate towards the medium is that it isn't that kind of, it's less the partisan, um, type of topics where it's more, um, open to a lot of other types of topics that the younger generation would rather talk about. <clears throat> So, yeah. So I don't know. I think that we've, you know, we've run pretty full circle here on this, but I, I think there's change in space and I, and everyone say we're at another inflection point. We're in the golden age of podcasting, which I have to laugh because we've heard that four or five times already over the past 14 years. Uh, But it, it does feel, it does feel like things are speeding up to me. Yeah. Well, what does that really mean? I mean, uh, change is happening. You know, this is the topic that I, I brought up for my, for our panel session at PodFest is, you know, talking about the crazy, are we facing crazy change in the podcasting space? Well, I think from a content creator space, no. Right. I think we're still, you know, we're watching the numbers of new people coming into the space and watching the growth. And, uh, I have to uh, just pause here for a second. I got a beautiful red bird outside my window. I have no idea what, it's beautiful. I just take a picture. Um, I think that uh, we have, uh, for independent content creators, there's still the opportunity to build a great show and have a have your voice be heard and build authority and, and make a difference in the world. So I think that's the, and, and the price of entry is almost nothing. Right. I think what we have to be careful of, uh, we have to continue to watch is make sure that, you know, those of us down the trenches here are re- reminded every day where our bread is buttered and making sure we're taking care of the content creators. And then the business aspect of this thing will work itself out. Well, I think we also have to be careful too of over commercialization of this medium too. And I think that there's, there's definitely a lot of, um, I'm going to say pressure being put on big money interests that are pushing that agenda. Uh, and what I fear is that we're going to go down that rabbit hole, potentially at least some aspects of the industry a little too far. Um, but I don't, you know, finding that balance is difficult because, um, there's a lot of people that are investing a lot of time and energy and building companies and, you know, I want to see those companies succeed. Um, but yet on the other hand, I also want to keep the culture and the fabric of uh, what made podcasting what it is, a open playing field for new ideas and content and and which is what it's always been for 15 years and I would I would sad to see it change to be more like radio. 
Rick is saying in the chat room, podcasts are a refuge from the depressing cacophony of the mainstream. The mainstream right. media is actually driving their audience to podcasts. And he <laughs> says, we are always facing change in the podcast space. It's constantly evolving. I, I know. I, but if you look at the core. Right. It hasn't changed that much. I sit really. down at eight o'clock in the evening and record my show and do my show notes and yeah. publish my show out and uh, send my newsletter and. Uh, make sure my sponsor stays happy and it's, it's ops normal here, you know, it, yeah. and uh, happy to do it. And when on the business, yeah, on the business yeah. side though, you, I definitely have got my antennas up on more things to watch and you know, okay, what do I do? I, you know, <laughs> what is it in business? Business is one thing, survive, right? right. Survive and expand, you know? Right. And uh, so I'm looking at the space. I'm like, am I screwed in three years? You know, you know, are, are, are we, uh, are we going to start losing market share? And so far, um, I'm still good. You know, we're not seeing any uh, depression of numbers or subscriptions or people leaving us for other platforms, but it's something that I, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, what's the play? And right. is it from a business standpoint, I'm definitely more aware of what's going on. But that's good because guess what it does? It keeps us on our toes. Right. I don't think things are going to change that much. Um, I, I am a little worried about um, over-commercialization, I, I, I think, is a threat <clears throat> and an opportunity at the same time. And I think we just have to be careful of how we proceed. Uh, a lot of people in the space don't realize that most of the life of this medium has been um, in 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 passionate pursuit of non-commercialization. Right. So, <laughs> and I'm not sure that everybody understands that. And I think, um, and I think it it helps to realize that when you're doing things, mm -hmm. because then it puts you in the proper mindset um, of looking at this medium and understanding why it's grown so slowly yep. and in on the monetization side. Right. Um, and for us to force that to grow faster could cause, <clears throat> um, consequences that we all, or many of us don't want. So, yeah, I but don't I, know what you think on that. Well, I, I just think that for the podcasters that are listening and I'm hoping you'll help with this message is we need to have realistic expectations of what is going to happen in the space and what's going to happen and how it affects your show. You know, everyone's worried that we're all a bunch of a type personalities right. uh, for the most part that are in this space. Um, it's, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think there's very few that are not. And uh, because we're all, we love our content. We love our shows. We're and maybe we're not completely a types, but I think we're close. Yeah, and then, right. um, but I think as, as content creators, we have to, we're worried number one about building our audience, um, getting our message out, promoting, you know, as a core, that's what we're worried about as content creators, the money part. Yeah. We think about it and we hope that we can monetize and, uh, pay some bills with it. But it, what we have, what I see coming into this space right now is we have a lot of folks with unrealistic expectations of that they're going to be able to 
instantly monetize and they almost like to get the cart before the horse. So I'm hoping as a community, and maybe this is just Todd's philosophy. I, I think the thing is right. you focus on the content, focus right. on the content, create great content, put good stuff out there. It's going to make people go, whoa, listen to this show. That's what you want someone to do. You want an audience member to say, wow, it blew me away. Hey, hey, Tom or Jane or Sue or go listen to this show. You know, that's right. what we want our listeners to do. Right. And if we do that, the advertisers will come. Right. So we have to set the expectations of new people in the space. And I hate to say, I don't want to use the word put in your dues. You know, you got to put in your time. Some people have an, an act of grow a big show immediately. And those, you know, we're all jealous of those types of folks that do that. So yeah, I, I think we just have to focus on keeping the expectations in check with the community, which right. maybe leads to another discussion point. Yeah. Well, it's, it's all about adding value to the world and your listeners, I think at the, at the core of this, um, I would hate for us to focus too much on commercialization and lose the focus yeah. on audiences and what their needs are and why people actually connect with this right, medium. Right. Right. I, you know, and, and it, it, I find myself now and and actually it's, it's caused me a bit of stress and I don't like stress, but I see, I spend, I would say 50% of the time I'm online trying to quell or provide different input on people's decision-making process and things they're doing with their shows because there's, everyone has an agenda. Okay. I'm a business owner. I have an agenda. I want you to host with me. But at the same time, I'm also worried about what podcasters are doing with their shows when they get started and how they start. And, you know, and I want the main thing I'm trying to get at is I want, new podcasters to be able to think a little bit before they jump down a certain path on how they're going to do their show, promote the show, etc. And I just find myself doing a lot of, I don't want to call it damage. It's not damage control. Yeah, it is. It's, it's podcasting damage control. It's not business. It's not my business. It's just podcast one-on-one general damage yeah, it's control. Setting, it's setting expectations and setting you know, trying to correct people's maybe out of alignment kind of thinking around this medium. I, I see you do that a lot on, <sighs> um, on Facebook groups and I know Rob Walsh does it too. He's constantly trying to reset people in their perceptions because they get told misinformation. And, and it's not always, yeah, sure. Sometimes so. Oh. What, what hosting company should I host with? You know, and of course, you know, it, everyone piles in and, uh, yeah. But I just want people to think a little bit, what are your goals of your show? What's, right. you know, have you thought beyond next week? Have you thought two years down the road? It's exciting. We're going to do a show. Okay. What is my goal? You know, and if it's, if it's to hang out with three, your girlfriends and have a little weekly, let's hang out with the girls and talk. Cool. It is what it is. But if your goal is to build your business or if it's to build your brand or if it's to build you as an authority in a space, there's a different approach and a different right. tack you should take. And um, so for me, it's like, yeah, there's definitely an agenda because we all have agendas. 
And we all have to remember that when we're reading anything in Facebook, even from me. Um, but at the same time, we're trying not to let those agendas come in there and trying to give some guidance. Right. And, and you know, and you hate to be the one that's out there kind of nagging because then you come across as the old curmudgeon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not that that's been an issue for you, Todd. No, but you know, it, but, but there's it, it, I said something about it the other day to my team. I'm like, there is so much bad information being put out so much. And it's, it's not because people are doing it on purpose. They just don't know. You know, they right. just don't or, know. Or it's the, it's the sharing of um, incorrect information that just kind of goes from person to person. Right. Yeah. And that's, and it's, you know, at the end of the day, that's how people learn. Right. Yeah. And the problem is, you know, it's not a problem, but we, we, there's a lot of new people that are in the medium that just, like you said, they just don't know any better because they, they, they don't have the historical reference or they, they haven't talked to somebody that's had a show for 10 years or five years or whatever. They're talking to people that had shows for the last, you know, two months. But Rob, they don't care. So the, the right. approach you have to take is one of trying to show there is a bigger picture here. Right. You know, think about the, 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 and I think if everyone, and, and there's no way you can save everybody, but I see sometimes say some, I see things being said sometimes and people jumping on the man wagon. You're like, uh, they're too far gone. There's nothing I can do. Right. You know, um, and maybe <laughs> they'll come back. You just drop a tip here or there, but it's, it does become, well, <laughs> what it really ends up being is, um, for me, a distraction because I'm having to deal a lot with this and I know Rob right. does. And I don't know about, I don't know how much you're in there from time to time too. Right. Um, and there's a, a number of folks that are in there trying to, you know, do these course corrections and, right. and, and, and we're not necessarily not open to new ideas. You know, because I'm, believe me, I'm always looking for new ideas. Oh, yeah. I love to steal right. stuff all the time. <laughs> you know, for my personal show, whatever, you know, it's, you know, what is it? They say that the copying is the biggest form of flattery. Um, right. right. So open to new stuff that, uh, wow, it just sometimes it's just like, it's really frustrating. So Todd, I, I, I saw this article that came out um, called, um, the golden age of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. You, you saw that one? Right, right. And then, uh, it's talking about a content explosion in the medium and uh, I guess Chartable, which is a company that's that's uh, trying to aggregate <laughs> podcast data and there's some issues with what they're doing, but uh, we don't have to talk too much about that. But um, in they're saying in here in 2018, we had an average of 575 new podcasts started every day. Uh, seems a little high to me. That's high. Right. And then uh, Chartable is tracking 670,000 podcasts and Apple podcasts. And over 210,000 of those were published um, or published their first episode in uh, 2018. Well, they didn't say how many of those didn't publish more than one or two episodes in right. 2018. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's true. So I thought those were some interesting stats that came out of this. Yeah, sadly, this. Chartable had an outage. Uh, apparently, they lost some data. It's just yeah. the worst nightmare for any company. You know, that I that, believe it or not, that's always in the back of my mind because I'm like, have we put in enough, enough reserve or enough? Yeah. Because you're just right. like, you, you can, they'll for, uh, podcasters will forgive you for a lot, but if you lose data, <gasps> oh. yeah. Especially right. if someone is billing on your data you, and you lose data, oh man, man, oh man, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And th those guys were pushing the envelope a little bit about what they were doing, trying to aggregate podcast metrics um, <clears throat> like, like they are. And I, I believe maybe they upset um, a, a big player in the space. Oh yeah, they did. Uh, that's And, and I did notice that they were doing something that I was like, um, raise my eyebrows a little bit where they, they were asking for Apple IDs. Big um, no, no. Off of their website. So, um, I'm sure Apple wasn't too happy about that. Well, I think that was the reason for the, you shall not. <laughs> right. Piece in their, uh, terms of service. So, right. yeah, I, yeah. And I don't know, what is their, do they have, do they actually charge for that service? I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure if they, they, they have a premium package and maybe a free package. I'm not sure. It's probably something like that would be my guess. Yeah. Well, so, and I understand what they're trying to do, but, um, it's, it's a noble effort. I have to say, I mean, it'd be great if we all had one place to go to get all the metrics. Well, though, I think we have that to some degree, uh, right now with all of our platforms. I yep. don't, you know, it's not like that's broken by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I'm not really sure. I was just on Apple's, you know, podcast connect area just the last, uh, just yesterday. And, you know, there's some interesting data over there, but it's, it's not really kind of like, it's not really, I don't think it's worth that much. No, it, it, I think the, the slide that tells me the most over there, or the page that tells me the most is how long people listen. Right. That and where they drop off and when they yeah. <clears throat> start listening again or yeah. whatever. That's about the most valuable piece. And it, well, what it really did was confirm information I kind of already knew. So... Right. You know, it just validated something that, uh, you know, we had gotten incident, incident, oh my God, I can't even talk this morning. Anyway, a way I had figured it out through other means. Right. <laughs> Jeez. Well, don't you guys track, uh, um, uh, how, you know, how people are listening and when they're listening well, and things like that? We track percentage. We, okay. Here's, you got to be very careful. We track, um, and this is something that's coming to our hosting customers very, very soon as a premium package um, is we give them the uh, partial download information. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it, again, it's, it's, it's download data. So we can tell them, okay, uh, a thousand uh, of these downloads were delivered at 35% and uh, 1500 of them were at uh, 56% or 70% oh. and, you know, there's blocks. Right. And, well, uh, because those those can be reasonably uh, linked up to to click play experiences on the download, right? Reasonably, yes. I would, and again, I I caution our customers. Um, I always tell them these are this is information is good for number one for um, making decisions on programming, 
right. um, because it's a small segment. Because you know the people that are subscribed, it downloads. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, those are usually the completed downloads. Right. right, and then the partials right. are people that. Uh, again, sometimes when people press actively press play, we get the whole thing. It's only right. a segment of the plays that um, that are partial, that are right. partial, and they come from certain players that don't download the whole file immediately. So right. um, it's again, it's a it's a window oh. into uh, user uh, or listener activities, and it really is pretty valuable because. If if we have um, let's let's just use a number ten thousand completed downloads, and then I had um, four thousand that got beyond the twenty five percent mark. Well, I can count those for advertising, right? You know, and it, or if if the ad was at the seventy five percent mark, well, I can leave those out. You know, I can I can exclude those from billing, right? Because right. it gives a it's well, it didn't ever get there. And I, I would say it, it's maybe a little bit more reasonable to project that, uh, partial downloads, uh, is an indicator of, um, what it was actually listened to. Right. Yes. So, I mean, if you think about the click play experience, that would be, that would be what that would be. Right. right. It would be. So the, right. you know, for example, um, one of our clients, I've told this before, they saw a show that the, you know, the subscriptions were a hundred percent, but those that whatever percentage of download uh, data we had, um, from a specific player or app, um, we said they kept seeing 45 minutes people were, or not 45 minutes, 75% of the download in a one hour program. <laughs> Okay, so let me be very careful here. 75% of the download, they saw a drop-off at 75% mark. It was a one-hour show. They went into the show. They figured out that they had a segment at about the 45-minute mark that might need to be repositioned, and they removed it, and their percentage of uh, download increased. <laughs> what uh, what was it? Was it a change in the audio it, quality? It, no, it, was, a, it no. was a special segment that they were running uh, in the middle or in the, oh. the three quarters mark that apparently pissed people off or turned them off and they punched out. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they made a programming change and then it increased their listen rate to the end. So, you know, it's just one example. Um, right. but, but again, that we caution people to, to, again, it's not percentage listened, it's percentage downloaded. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was interesting in this uh, this golden age of podcasts too. It had had a, uh, a a paragraph in here talking about it had in the title it said Spotify and Google get serious. Okay, I don't know if you remember that part. And then it had the actual podcast player chart yep. that was supplied by Lipson, and Google wasn't listed anywhere in it. Well, <laughs> Google Google to us is much higher than one percent. Right, but right. we've also been in a five. That's not saying very much, Todd. <laughs> well, no, I I'm not going to say how much the percentage is, but I know we have a distinct. All right, I'm just going to say we have a competitive advantage. We're driving our listeners are getting more market share to Google and Android customers well, than anybody. It's 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 because your your relationship with uh, WordPress, right? No, it's because we've no. been pushing Android and Google subscriptions for five years. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. And it's default. People get it by default. By far, by far, our listeners have more Android listeners than anyone else. But, yeah, but I'm talking about Google Podcasts. Okay, and they're included because oh. we've made it default that Google Podcast is a click on their page. Every customer right. has a Google Podcast click. Yeah, but I, what, what, what I'm saying in this market share chart, Google isn't listed anywhere. Well, on his chart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I agree with that. But I'm just saying that, that you know, we started talking about how, you know, there's people out there still t- saying how Google is serious about podcasts, but we're not really seeing an impact. Okay, right? but Rob, the hosting providers have to provide a mechanism for right. their Which listeners. We Which we do. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm speaking for us. Right, have to provide a mechanism yeah. to make it easier for the listeners to be able to find this stuff on Google Podcasts. Right, 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 right. <laughs> if you don't, no one's going to find it. They're not going to know. Well, Todd, let's let, let's talk about Google Podcasts for a second, because maybe there's. I've been thinking about this. I mean, what are the three things that Google Podcasts can do to to actually have an impact? Oh, it's easy. Right. Number one thing, they have to have a dedicated app. Right, dedicated Boom. app. That's it. Done. <laughs> they need to have a form on their website where right. a podcaster can submit their yeah. RSS feed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And can you think of a third thing that they can do? I'm sure you can. Have a directory. And have a little uh, podcast category in the search bar. Have an Apple Podcasts iTunes copycat. <laughs> right. Done. Exactly. Done deal. Oh, and also have it somehow available on uh, iOS. But the problem is Google. It's simple. It's simple. No, guys. it's not simple. Well, it should be for a company like Google that has the resources they have. Okay. It should be simple. It's simple for their Nexus phones or anything. They directly control the actual user experience. But if you know right. any, anything right. about OEMs, for example, if Google, if, if Google wants a podcast app delivered on the okay. next version of Android on the Samsung Galaxy <laughs> S10, that has to be pre-negotiated and fought tooth and nail to have that app delivered to Samsung. Right. Pre-installed isn't Pre- a wasn't one of the criteria that I I mentioned for Google success. Pre-installed has to be one of the criteria. They have to negotiate it out and say, "Listen, you want Gmail, you want uh, Google yeah, Search, I, you want Safari." I agree it'd be great. I would I, I agree it'd be great to have that, right? But that's But you're right. It's such a fragmented operating system platform that you're right. not, it's, it's, you can't really say that that's going to work across and all Android, And the Android, the Samsung folks are going to say, well, you want more, one more in your app? Well, right. you're going to have to give us some points. <laughs> well, it's taking up, you know, it's taking up storage space on right. those devices too, right? You know, so. let's, let's adjust the licensing fee that we're right. paying you. That's the problem. Right. The next, but if they had an app, number one, if, first of all, if they had a dedicated true app and not a HTML rendered Spun app, app yeah, right, right, yeah, right. But yeah. I don't work at Google, and I can't tell them what to do. Right. If I could, well, that that would be the four things we would tell them to do. <laughs> I I have been giving them suggestions on this, and I know Rob Walsh has too. But it's just you know. They're going to do what they're going to do, I guess. Right. Well, if they 
they're behind, if they think that they are making an impact, they Google are behind. Play, Google Play podcast needs to get shut down. Oh, it just needs to go away completely. Yeah. And Google, look, if you're listening to this, just you know, delete that thing. D-E-L star dot star. <laughs> and, and just realize most podcasters are using iOS devices. Take that to heart. Well, right? here, here was an observation from Australia. Right. So I was in uh, Central Business District. So we were definitely not like, well, we were still in the tour zone. Right? <laughs> Everything's within, it's close. And uh, I, I started noticing lots of Windows machines. Windows, 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 Windows. Where's the Macs? So I started counting. I, I, every time I saw someone with a laptop in the lounge or so, somewhere, I got up to like 230 Windows machines before I saw my first Mac in Australia Central Business District. And I'm like, Mac is not that popular outside of the U.S. Well, according to all my Australian friends that I posted on Facebook about the oh Mac is huge in Australia, and I'm like, I did not see it, but I did. And I so then I was like doing another look. I was like, okay, what kind of phone do you have? And I'm you know in the elevator, I'm like looking sideways at people and lots of Androids, but right. a, a fair share of uh, iPhones too, of course. Right. Sure. So I'd love to see a country breakdown on device utilization. There's got to be one of those around here. There's got to be one somewhere. Every country's got to have one. But I made it a point to kind of think about that a little bit. But um, and you know, and Windows, Windows still huge, especially in the business world too. But, but in in the United States, yeah. Android is huge too. It's huge. It's right. huge, huge, huge. I mean, iOS has a larger chunk in the U.S. than than uh, other parts of the world. Yeah, but in okay, a larger chunk than other parts of the world. I agree. Right. Right. Just from a cost perspective, because you get into, in some countries you can't because of the dollar, you know, it was a $1 was a dollar 40 in Australia. So that, that takes a thousand dollar, um, iPhone and pushes the price to $1,400 AUD, you know? Yeah, so a lot of people can't afford that. Right. It goes out of their price point. And when they can pick up a, you know, brand new Android for, you know, 600 bucks. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting time, um, but yeah, I, I just think it's our own fault on, well, Google Podcasts did not make it super easy, but we're still seeing an increase in, I think the Android apps per se are making more gains than Google Podcasts is. Right, which makes sense to me, given how Google Podcasts was deployed. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's an actual so, app, you know. <laughs> right. Not it's this, fairly simple and straightforward. The, the app that Google put together is cool, but you have, it's not one click. You know, you got to do two or three clicks to get it on your, whatever you call your desk, your, yeah, you know, your, your face. Your screen. Your screen, right. yep. Right. Yeah. And it, it sits there, looks like an app, but it's not an app. So. Seems like an app. You know, smells like an app. But it's not really it's not an app. really an app. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been all over the map today. Yes, we have. Thank oh, God. So what do you guys think? What? Uh, oh, there's Kevin. Hey. Oh, <laughs> Kevin Hooley. He's a friend of mine from where I grew up in Quincy. I'm soon to be back, Kevin. Um, Rick says, chartable, 100% free, no commitment or credit card required. 
Uh, Rick said, There's a business model for you. Well, they got to have some business model because, you know, like they said in their email about the lost data, that they ran out of servers or server data space or something. So uh, it's called venture capital. <laughs> does Chartable have venture capital? I I don't know for sure. I'm just guessing the the money has to come from somewhere <laughs> if they're not charging for something. I got an email from uh from a company and then they it was a, a venture capital firm and they said, "Hey, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, we've invested in this and this and this." And I replied back. I said, "Being that you have invested in this and that, I don't want to talk to you." <laughs> <laughs> If yeah, you, I'm, if I'm you getting were, those emails too, Todd. If you it's were like, stupid enough yeah. to invest in those two things, I don't want to talk. Actually, I should talk to them because then it would be almost free money. If they were dumb enough to invest in that, then I guess I'm a shoe-in. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the email I sent back, so. Oh, okay. He probably didn't hear back from them. Right. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, I wasn't that rude, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> you look at some stuff and you're like, why? Really? Right. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, the, those kind of dollar signs, you know, I'm talking about, you know, the Gimlet and Anchor deal, um, I, I I think has spiked interest from all sorts of oh, investors yeah, out there. a lot. Right. And I, I, you know, I get the email and I'm immediately like, we're, a, you know, we're late, to, you know, like a round five investor. And I'm like, okay, um, before we even talk, <laughs> um, you know, here are my criteria and, you know, and that kind of weeds them out too. So, yeah, because you can waste a lot of time talking to those folks and then end up having nothing. Right. That's and true. go through NDAs and go through, you know, this, you know, you spend weeks talking to people and then, and then they they were just fishing, you know, so, um, but yeah, but there's definitely uh, a lot of people, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see if there's more deals being made, but with the uh, $500 million being spent by Spotify, that has definitely got people's attention. Yeah. And if they, again, if they paid 125 million for anchor, <laughs> That makes that makes Libsyn worth about two, maybe three billion, and uh, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm really. If you look at the market value, that really that that drives Libsyn to two to three billion. Um, I figure me, I'm probably that probably pushes my valuation to five hundred. So Rob, you guys are probably the same. You know, it's just you know if, with that kind of crazy money being spent, right? You right. know, and for what they got. So what? How much do you think it would cost to do the Spotify app? Million dollars to build their app? Oh, uh, for for not mobile? Spotify, or- not Spotify Anchor. How much do you think it would cost to reproduce Anchor's app? Million dollars? Yeah, probably. Probably, probably in that range, right? Yeah. So I'm just saying, wink, wink, wink. It's only a million to catch up. <laughs> Well, you probably, I mean, you've got a lot of staffing costs, too, that probably elevate that number quite a bit. Well, they get I mean, 100. If you're talking about the whole platform. Yeah, they got 100 people. What do they use 100 people for? <laughs> I look at what I'm running my operation on, and I'm like, what would I do with 100 people? Right. You know? Well, yeah. But I also didn't I have 20. I speculate on that, but it, but it may not 
may not be good. But it, but I didn't have twenty million dollars of venture capital to burn either. I had, you know, Todd's back pocket wallet to figure it out. <laughs> right, that's true. You're trying to operate off of revenues. So, well, we are yeah. operating off revenues. Yeah, right. You know, right. that's that's how business real businesses work on uh, revenue from business. <laughs> so, yeah, as you guys do too. So. All right. Well, everyone, we're inside baseball stuff here too much. So uh, thanks for being here. And uh, we will not be back next Saturday. I'm sorry. That's my fault again. But uh, you have to please understand things are hot, hot, hot right now in the space. And uh, so we're lots of things in the in the wheelhouse. Um, Watch the news uh, next week. My reference to Jeff wearing a bulletproof vest. So uh, that should be an interesting week. I think an interesting week ahead of me. Um, yep. <laughs> and everyone, thanks for being here. And uh, if you have in- information you'd like to share with us, Todd at Blueberry.com. Uh, at Geek News is my Twitter account. Rob? I sent to Rob at uh, Spreaker.com or Rob at RobGreenly.com, whichever you want to use. And like, be found on Twitter at Rob Greenly as well. So. And we're glad to be back with you. And if any of you want to help us do video at PodFest, let us know. We, you know, we're always looking for volunteers. If they want to help us stream their session, um, yep. that would be fantastic. If anyone's going to pull be... their phone out and do a, do a Facebook live or yeah, something. something to that effect. Yeah. Right. How, or have a right. Mevo or something like that, that they could bring along with them and, and, uh, hook well. you up with the stream information. I think that'd be cool to be able to do a, a live event from podcast, but, uh, everyone, thanks for being here. And again, we'll see, uh, two weeks from today, same time, most likely only audio at newmediashow.com forward slash live. Everyone take care. Bye. Bye.